a martini shaken no Shocking. Oh, welcome to Shake and Not Nerd episode 220, take two. You won't have heard take one, but this is take two. And yes, I do actually know the number of the episode today. <laughs> I am your host, Tom, and I am joined by my lovely two co-hosts. And we'll go with the one who I can see on camera at the moment, Duty. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> And, of course, that other laugh that you hear in the corner is Fuzzy Dan. That's right, I'm in the corner. Um, Tom, you didn't need to tell them about the first take. That is the magic of podcasting. <laughs> they don't need to know how the sausage is made. Remember, I'm an honest sausage man. made, don't tell. <laughs> so what you do is you get the intestines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss a good old sheep's intestine. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Well, you are New Zealander, Fuzzy, so of course you do. Well, you're, yeah, if you're going to get any intestine, it's got to be sheep. Uh, I've got a hankering for some haggis right now. Nom, 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 nom. I don't... I've never had haggis. I'm not sure if I want to have haggis. See, look, if you're talking about how sausage is made, you've got to really figure out how haggis is made, because that's gross. Uh, but it does taste delicious. Please, how is haggis made? if you've had a lot of whiskey. Um, well, they, they get a big, big, big intestine. They just shove it full of all sorts of old offal bits and chopped up stuff and spices, and it's yummy. It's delicious. And then it gets boiled for forever, um, and it comes out tasting like sweet goodness. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually sure that it tastes amazing because for many years I avoided eating um, pate because the idea of pureed liver was kind of disgusting. Pate is yeah, And then when I actually ate pate i was just like i've been missing out on this my entire life (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah and then all you get all the different types of pate oh so good there's certain banh mi places in the city where they use pate as like the butter spread before they put the meat and the salads down oh no they use fish paste it's totally different no no the one i go to uses pate well fucking fancy you la dita (laughs) damn right (laughs) yes (laughs) yes All right, so on this very special episode, I don't know what's very special about it, but it's special. I feel special. Everybody feels special in uh, round six of the Victorian lockdown. Huzzah! Huzzah! Where we are. Six more and we get a free foot long sub (laughs) of our choice. Three more and it's caught up to the Fast and Furious movies. (laughs) Um, Wait, do we go to space in that one? (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't mind. Space lockdown. Scott Morrison Ooh. would still find a, or find a way to shit himself up there. <laughs> Good old Scomo. What's he been doing with himself? Shitting himself at McDonald's, apparently. <laughs> what? Yeah, apparently he shat himself at some McDonald's. I don't know. Did you not hear this? No. It was in the... Yeah, it was like, what, 15 years ago, I think it was? There's a story that he shat himself at the Engadine McDonald's. <laughs> Um, it was after a, a rugby league grand final, and I think his team won. And yeah, there's a story that he got really, really drunk and shat his pants at that McDonald's. I'm just going to say, like, you haven't lived until you shat yourself at a Macca's. So we've all been there. Let's not judge the man. I've shat myself while Have making we? pasta. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> well, guys. If you, if, if you haven't shat yourself as an adult, you haven't lived. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And if you don't say, it's a crap, as you run into the bathroom like Admiral Akbar, then you, you haven't lived. Exactly right. Exactly right. You misjudged a fart, you gambled and rossed. <laughs> Gross! <laughs> wow, what a, what a special episode, Tom. Back to you, Tom. Back Pepper on the rails. No, <laughs> uh, no, nah, nah, I'm liking the shit talk. Uh, oh, literally. But don't. There you go. A little drum roll there. So yes, on on this episode we are talking about Suicide Squad Take Two. Uh, Wait, no, no. If it's Suicide Squad Take Two, that would be two. That would be Suicide Squad Three. Or wait, would that be Suicide Squad 4? I can't remember. It's either Suicide Squad or Suicide Squad Take 2. It's not both. I, d- I didn't say both. I said Suicide Squad, didn't I? You said, or maybe I didn't. I, I heard Suicide Squad. I think you're hearing what you want to hear. <laughs> Most likely. Uh, yes, yeah, so and before we get into that, of course, uh, we, we, we don't do the top 10 news countdown anymore because Tom got lazy. Uh, but what we do do is we talk about if anybody across the board has heard of any, any little tidbits of news, any little news items they wanted to just sprinkle into the start of the episode before we get into uh, talking about this uh, new movie. There's, anybody? There's, anybody? of course, the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer that came out. I think it was. Yeah, <clears throat> that looks absolutely great in my opinion. And something I didn't notice until great. Yeah, I think it looks. I think it looks, it looks a lot better than 2016 Ghostbusters. Um, let's well, let's get into it. Tell me a, li- a little bit, and then I'll rip on your your fucking great. <laughs> you tell me why you like it. I'll tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it looks it like yeah. Obviously, it's going to be a, a a length. You know, a sequel, if you will, to the original series. Um, but just like I was listening to uh, Davo from Super Movie Brothers sort of go through the trailer and stuff like that, and it looks like it's going to link back more to the first Ghostbusters than the second because it looks like um, that Gozo might come back in some way, shape, or form because we have the dogs uh, in one scene of the trailer that's chasing after, I think it's Paul Rudd's character, um, yes. and there's Shandor Mines. Now, Fuzzy, you're a big Ghostbusters fan. Does Shandor ring a bell? It does not, but I did see the big Goza uh, statue in there. So, so yeah, but, yeah but is the villain is the villain's name Goza? Goza the Gozerian, okay. not to be chosen your Gyoza, which is a Japanese dumpling. Well, so. that's that's what I was thinking. I thought you guys were saying dumplings at me, and I was just like, that the villains are dumpling. It's <laughs> Goza, not Gyoza. All right, yeah, <laughs> the monkeys is uncle. It just popped in there. We all used to eat Gyoza, Gyoza's around. <laughs> I'm fucked. Never mind. Um, but they're they're hanging out, <laughs> and the two dogs pork and bun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's Goza G O Z E R, not G Y O Z. There's a difference there. There's an extra yep. uh, an extra Y in there, and sometimes Y. Um, that's that's it. So yes, not the pork dumplings from Japan. Definitely the ghost monster from the first Ghostbusters film. Yes, but although they're... a big statue to Gyoza would be fucking amazing, I would go there mm-hmm. and worship at it. It is my favourite food. Is it? They're just yeah, like fried absolutely. dumplings, aren't they? Oh, just fried dumplings, motherfucker. All right, let me explain to you why gyoza are the perfect dumpling. Because one side is fried, the other side is steamed. So you have all of this fucking amazing flavours and textures going on in your mouth at the same time. They are just incredible. So they are the superior dumpling in my book. I like the standard steamed ones because if you overcook them on one side, they're just crispy crunch nuggets. And I don't like that. 
No, no, but that's the not normal pan-fried ones are steamed and pan-fried, aren't they? Uh, they not not in the same way that gyoza are. So they they okay. the pan-fried dumplings don't have the uh, enclosed top. So they just uh, they they're cooked underneath, but they don't have the captured steam on top. So traditional gyoza are like they put a lid over the top to capture it and cook it from that side as well. So they're a lot fluffier on the top. The idea is to get the two textures going on within the uh, the dumpling itself. It is amazing. I am a dump. I do love my dumplings. Man, I'm I am a big dumplings fan of the- today. Oh, oh barbecue, boy, barbecue pork buns. Barbecue. Yeah, just saying the barbecue pork buns that you can actually get from the frozen aisle in like Coles and Woolies. Yeah, they're actually like I rate them. Yeah, they're they're not bad at all because most of the most of the places you get barbecue pork buns just use frozen ones anyway from the looks of it. Absolutely. So- <laughs> I've got we've got a very good Asian supermarket near us that I go to that has amazing ranges of all different types of dumplings and it's just great you just go through every week there's a new brand that has an impronounceable name and you buy it and they're amazing so yes oh man they are going to get bought and eaten today is that where you bought those coke oh. chips from yes it is God, they were weird <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, back to Ghostbusters. <laughs> yes, back to Ghostbusters. Sorry about the sidetrack to Japanese dumplings. Uh, yeah, so we're hanging out at what appears to be uh, Egon Spengler's sort of decrepit mansion in the middle of nowhere, but it's near a place called Shandor Mine, and that's where the, the kids sort of hang out with. That's where all these spirits come shooting out of the ground at one point in the trailer. Now, Shandor is a reference to Evo Shandor. Evo Shandor is the leader of the cult of Goza and the architect and designer for the 550 Central Park West building where Goza actually is summoned from on top of Dana's building. So he's the uh-huh. he's the cult leader for Goza. So it looks like Egon, Egon Spengler was hanging around trying to research that, and that could be potentially that Goza is back, which is pretty fucking cool. I'm big! I'm big! <laughs> what, would, what would the Choose Your Destructor be for a fucking 13-year-old kid? It'd be a fucking Fortnite character, wouldn't it? It just popped in there. It's the guy with uh. the pancake face. <laughs> Hundred percent. I'm calling it now. Whatever the monster is, does a fucking floss. Like it's gonna happen. It looks that fucking stupid. This movie that the monster will be flossing. It better not. It will. It won't. I guarantee you. Five. It's it's gonna happen. They're gonna do something fucking stupid pop culturey because it looks like a stupid fucking pop culture movie. Speaking of- just like end, end game putting Fortnite in it. Oh yeah. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, so we have the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer. I think I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. I'm 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 keen for it. It looks it's looking better and better the more trailers, even though there's only been like two trailers that have come out for it. But it looks pretty fucking cool. Um, now speaking of supermarkets, they also hold have... on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's get, I just want to talk about it for a little bit. Oh yes, 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 hang on it. Yes, because all this looks like is it just looks like a repeat of like you say they they're trying to make you remember the original Ghostbusters and not the other two because the other two are both. Pretty average. Ghostbusters um, two isn't as good as the is first. Fucking terrible. It's not that is terrible. a terrible film. It is as bad as the the last one was. I guarantee Balls. you. If you nah, 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 It's not there as bad are, as twenty sixteen. There are some moments within it that are okay, but the rest of the film is fucking atrocious. It is so so bad. I don't know why they thought they could get away with it, but yes, you're right. They're trying to make you remember the original one. They've got mini marshmallow man guys running around making s'mores out of each other. Mini it marshmallow man. Stupid. He's not a Ghostbusters fan. He can't remember what it's called. The Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. There you go. Thank you. It's mini, mar- mini marshmallow men. That's that's. Yeah, you know, I was going past the brand names because they're not our sponsor. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but they could be. <laughs> they could be Stay Puft. Are you listening? <laughs> 
But it's just, it's so stupid because it's just, all it is is leveraging off the goodwill that they made in that first film. They're going to burn the shit out of that and no one's going to want to watch it again. It's just, it looks like a crossover between, because obviously of the main guy, between Stranger Things and Ghostbusters, but just making you remember all of that cool shit from the original one. I, 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 I can't, I can't be. I think... The thing that I'm concerned about is because obviously that they've now got preteens in the uh, in the <sighs> main cast, and there's there's not a reason why TV shows avoid having the preteens as all the main characters. They're sort of at that ugly stage of teenagers. <laughs> ugly, ugly children. <laughs> <laughs> like they're not cute kids, but and they and they're not old enough to be of any form of action hero. They're just they just they are. could potentially be so because like if you if you look at fucking well really Eddie try you know episode seven eight nine you know as whatever your personal thoughts are on those films like they tried to pass the torch from the original characters over to Ray Finn and Poe and we know how well that went plus it's like uh, and this is also copying a line from a uh, 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 idea that Dave mentioned is maybe it's a passing of the torch from you know Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson going to younger kids because like you can have them in more movies because they're younger in real life so like you know when you pass the torch to someone who's in their mid-30s they're only going to do a handful of films before they go my back spasming or my fucking this is breaking or my cloaca is wrong or something like that <laughs> you know what i mean you can't be <clears throat> fucking with your cloaca no you're, you're, all, your cloaca. you're all purpose whole <laughs> good lord <laughs> that's what a cloaca is it's a multi-purpose hole a cloaca it's an actual thing yeah, it's a yeah, bird it's- hole <laughs> It's 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 not on humans, Tom. <laughs> Don't worry about that. If you're a bird, yes, as as Duty suggests, it is an actual thing. Yeah, but not for humans. It's a multi-purpose hole. But uh, look, I get I get the whole idea of passing the torch. I think they're just passing it to a generation that's too young. You need to have somebody in the Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero range where you've got like thirty year olds that are playing eighteen year olds, so that you can carry the torch. Not kids who require a Paul Rudd to carry the torch for them because they're too young to obviously drive a car. Um, fucking re- Finn Wolfhard is not a leading man. I don't, I don't think Finn Wolfhard's going to be the lead of the of the film. And Finn Wolfhard is nineteen years old. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah I know. He's just he, he's. I don't. I get him as a supporting actor. I don't think he's a leading man. And they're going to put him forward as like the. He's going to be the the next guy to carry the torch, and they've got the nerdy girl there, who's the obviously the granddaughter of um, Egon. Egon, and, yeah, yeah, and it's just she'll be the nerdy thing. Well, because they're they're, just, they're brother uh, and sister. Yeah, I think Finn Wolfhard's character will just be the guy who drives. He'll be the pseudo Bill Murray. Doesn't know much about the you know the science stuff. Just fucking drives the car, or maybe the 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 Zedmore just fucking drives but, the car and does that shit. But to my point, he's not he's not funny. He's not you know, he's not an action guy. I don't know what Finn Wolfhard is quite yet, because he's <laughs> too fucking young. Question of he the episode. Yeah. What is a Finn Wolfhard? <laughs> what is Finn uh, Wolfhard? Yes. It's Paul Rudd's gonna carry the whole thing. Absolutely. It will if, be if it's if it's any good, it'll be because of Paul Rudd. Yeah. Who is amazing. Like, let's let's not beat around the bush. Paul Rudd's a fucking great guy to have on your film. But I think he's gonna burn all those good yeah, good grace on this film as well. I just don't think he's going to be able to carry it as far as they want. They've got obviously uh, Sigourney Weaver coming back, Bill Murray's coming back, Dan Aykroyd's coming back, and Ernie Hudson. So they'll all be. Oh, there was rumours as well of um, fuck, what's his name? He stopped acting and he like decided to come back into acting, and then he got beaten like randomly punched. Rick and- Moranis. That's it. 
there's rumours of him being back in this film as well. Yeah, he's not listed officially, so I think if he is coming back, it'll be a last little teaser thing. thing. Annie Potts is coming back as Janine as well. Huzzah, because that's what everybody was calling for. Dude, Annie Potts is fucking awesome in this film. Oh, in the original films. Yeah. Anyways, you want to talk about shit trailers, lads? Let's talk about shit trailers. We got the absolute fucking pits of a trailer this week in Venom Let There Be Carnage. Who thought this was a good idea for a trailer? It's awful. It's still better than that first one. What was it? You say tomato, I say it's, tomato. It's not- yeah, I'm going to say it was better than the last one. I round. fucking hated it because it made, like, the first film Venom was like, yeah, I'm Venom, and this one is, that's a red one. I'm not fighting it. I'll let you eat as many people as you want. Promise? Okay. I'm like, oh my God. It's just, it's but getting that's the more- same shit they were doing in the first film. It's like, getting it's just more campy and stupid. Like, you're, you're making Venom a character who is an anti-hero into this comedic pile of fucking filth. But they've done the same thing with Eddie Brock as a character because Eddie Brock is meant to be an actual intimidating sort of blockheady guy, whereas that, Tom Brock Hardy is, is not. not like <laughs> Let's just point out, Topher Grace was not either. Topher Grace no, was at least a fucking a journalist. Eddie Brock's but a journalist. Uh, yeah, no, but he's not. Oh, he not, not Tom Hardy. Yes, he was. That was his whole thing in the first one. He was doing stories and stuff. I believe Bill Murray is an actual Ghostbuster rather than Tom Hardy as a journalist in the first Venom film. <laughs> but that, I guess that, that, that's that's really the th- one of the things there is that the character of Venom, right? Mm-hmm. It, in my opinion, if you need to introduce him, he's not he's not he's not a standalone standalone character. Yeah. When you need to first introduce him, the only things that makes his standalone like the thing in his actual comic books and I like the the Venom. Uh, series of com- comic books is actually probably one of my favourite series that I've ever read. The Donny Cates one. Um, yeah. And it's because the character... It's not because it's funny. It's because the character is, like, broken. Um, psychologically broken, pretty much. Um, and it's bo- both the symbiote and him. Mm. And it's, like, that symbiotic connection that they have and going through there. It's not a... None of none of Venom is comedy in that in that series, at least. Um, I know that previous iterations and stuff has ha- have had him having humorous elements, but it's not. I don't know. It's uh, you'll have yeah. making uh, it's making the character into something it's not. Yeah, he's he's turning a little bit Deadpool-y where he's not. He'll crack a he'll crack a joke here and there, but he's not Deadpool making constant fucking jokes and references and trying to be funny and stuff. Like, I'm half waiting for Venom to turn to the camera during the fight scene with Carnage being like, Got him! Or some fucking thing like that. It- Look, I, I think what they do with a lot of these these films now, especially because the ratings continually should, sort of shift upwards um, for some of these, mm. they, they try and, and, and have the comedy to out... Not outweigh, but sort of balance out the really dark stuff that goes on. Because, you know, Venom's eating people and you know, lots of people are going to die in this film. It's still going to be rated PG-13 for some reason. Um, but, oh, do you re- uh, There's some pretty brutal scenes. Like, fucking Carnage puts his tongue down a cop's throat like fucking tentacle porn. Yeah, there seems... I, I, I don't know whether or not that's going to be in the final film or not. There's some debate as to whether or not it's going to be either, you know, full-on uh, rating or... You know, PG-13. So it could be either. Um, like, they didn't show blood and stuff during the first film, and that's one of the big things that they need to get the, the bigger ratings. So it'll be interesting to see how far they go down. Um, but, yeah, I think they use the comedy to balance out that dark side. So they need to have 
the funny moments to go, oh, okay, it's not so bad, so that kids can still watch it. It's just half the reason they want it. They want to you know, sell this shit to kids. So they need to have those lower ratings to get them in. Now, no, so, what... Nah, sorry, Tom. Fuck on. it. Do, do what this week's film did. Fuck the kids. Yeah, fuck, yeah exactly. <laughs> fuck the kids. But you know now, what? Let's just point out they didn't fuck kids in this week's film. <laughs> no. That would be a completely different <laughs> film. Yes. They, they, they very much said this is not a kid's film. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Good correction, Tom. Yes. But you know what's making Venom 2 or Venom Let There Be Carnage even more of a scary fact that it is, or confirming that it is going to be a shit film, it is written by Tom Hardy and his writing script, his writing credits are a couple of episodes of that TV show he was on and that's it. Really? He, he wrote uh, a ha- nine, nine episodes of Taboo. Yeah. And, that's, and a short called Get a Grip in 2001 and he's writing or he wrote the story... For Venom 2. See, this this goes back to my discussion we were having the other week about like when actors get too much power to do shit. Like they, they or directors as well. Like just don't you shouldn't be doing all of those things. You should be doing one thing in a film and let the other people who are specialists in that particular thing do that thing. Yeah. I don't think you should be, you know, directing and acting or, you know, writing and acting or you know, doing or producing and acting or any of that stuff, you get to do one job and let somebody else come in and tell you where you've fucked up. Because without that, that break in that chain, you just get one particular vision and a lot of the time it's it's shit. And it's it's yeah, like watching this film, like in you know Tom will know as well. Like the the only way in the books, like when Carnage first appears, that you know they get rid of Carnage, just Spider Man and Venom team up to take down Carnage. Like that's the story, and that's sort of the thing. Where you watch the trailer, it's like, oh look, there's a character who's obviously not a mutant in any way, shape, or form, but she has this ability to scream, and it has like echoing sound waves coming off. I'm like, oh god. She's going to be the fucking deus ex screaming MacGuffin fucking thing that comes in at the last second and screams and the fucking symbiotes fall off the bodies. And then there'll be Woody Harrelson and Tom Hardy fighting each other while the Venom symbiotes are off because they're screaming. It's going to be the biggest load of fucking crap. I'm happy to be proven wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm more than happy to eat my own words here. But this looks bad. Yeah, and let's, let's not forget this is also directed by Mr. Andy Serkis. Who also did Mowgli, the yes. uh, the Jungle Book darker interpretation of it, and well, I it's it's a heavy CG film, of course, with the symbiotes and stuff like that, but still, like it's I don't I don't know I don't know I feel like Mowgli was unfortunately timed. Yeah, because it came out. It, it wasn't even really. Um, uh, like advertising stuff, it was just like it's out. It's like, um, would you rather watch Mowgli or like Disney's Jungle Book? It's like, well, it came out like a month after, didn't it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think so. It was around about the same time as the Disney one. Yeah. yeah, and and the problem was it was also a direct to Netflix, and Netflix doesn't do a lot of pre advertising for most of their movies. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they kind of just go, oh, next week we've got this coming out. And it's very poorly uh, marketed because it costs them money. Yeah. So that's uh, that's another... I feel like we had another trailer this week. I can't think of what it is. Um, oh, we did get the little teaser for the new Lord of the Rings TV show, which I'm sure Tom was very excited about. The, you didn't uh, reply to my comment. Didn't I? No. Oh, sorry, Tom. I must have. I wrote, I came. I saw, I came. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's... Uh, I mean, it looks very exciting because apparently there are... In the background, you see the two, some sort of two trees. Tom, can you tell us about the two trees? Uh, there's definitely two trees, Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> apparently um, there's some two glowing trees or something like that and people got very excited about that let me have a let me have a look are they white trees are they they're, they're glowing in the background so it looks like the sun in the background but apparently that's the trees i don't know i don't know what the story is oh uh, yeah 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 um there's i don't i don't actually remember it properly it's something two trees of that... valinor tom that was a test yeah, sounds about and that. you failed um, so yes, we did. We did also get uh, a trailer for Don't Breathe Two, where they're making what's Stephen Lang? Is that the actor's name? A, yes, a hero. Don't and know it, why. no, he no, 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 he's not a hero. So we, I, I remember watching this this trailer and then reading out the uh, director's thing to you. He is an anti-villain. So he's not uh, an anti-hero, he's an anti-villain. So the first one, he was definitely a bad guy. The first one, and he then, had a turkey baster full of cum. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, I was going to gloss over that fact. <laughs> no, say, no, 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 no. You yeah. can't make someone a anti-villain or whatever the fuck it is. If if the previous film, you were trying to inseminate someone with a turkey baster weapon. He's not wrong. You can't do He's that. Not. I mean, and I was trying to not give myself that vision first thing in the morning. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, but yes, in this one, he is the anti-villain. So he gets like... he. Okay, the film, the, the the trailer starts off. He's got some little girl that's hanging out with him. I don't know if there's turkey bases involved in the creation of this child, but yeah, let's just assume there has been. And at some point, she gets kidnapped by another group of people, and he goes in and tries to kill all these people. And apparently, the whole idea is to make you like this guy a little bit. And I, I just I can't be doing it. Too much turkey based uh, involvement for me to like this guy. Correct me if I'm wrong, Fuzzy. So the the story of this film is Scott Lang or Stephen Stephen Lang because it's not Scott Lang because that's Ant Man. <laughs> he has uh, uh, it's it's Logan. He has a little kid with him, and it's yep. And the kid gets kidnapped, and then it turns into Taken, where where Stephen Lang now goes after the people who kidnapped him. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't he blind? Yes, <laughs> he is, how, and that's how that's the whole do thing. Do you track yeah. down some? I'm intrigued as to how. Echo location. Echo. <laughs> just walk around going, The entire ma, film is a series ma. of clicks. <laughs> oh, has he got like a Mandalorian tracking fob? Like, I'm, I'm curious uh, as to how you track so down someone. I don't know, but there is one scene in the trailer where he's basically in this sort of basement room and it's sort of got about an inch of water on the floor and he's lying in this giant puddle and the, the, you know, he's got his hands out and the bad guys walk in and start disturbing the water. And so he finds out where they are and he just starts throwing shit at them and hitting them in the head. So it looks like it will have some cool action moments. It looks more actiony than the first one was. It looks like it has as much action in this one as the first one had gross, creepy turkey bastards. So, you know, I think that'll balance it out. But still, you can't overlook the turkey bastard full of cum. Uh, <laughs> right, I don't know why this reminded me of it, but it just occurred to me, I completely missed A Quiet Place 2. Completely missed it. I haven't watched so it. Did I. It is available on Fuzzflix, and I haven't watched it. It's been it's been out for like two months. <laughs> yeah, and it's got decent reviews too. I was just looking because for some reason, not not being able to see and being quiet for some reason, 
uh, <laughs> put links in my head. Uh, no, you think he bird box too? That's what, <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We also had the other uh, more trailers. Uh, we had a lot, a couple of trailers actually. We had Army of Thieves. Did we all get around this? Army Did we talk about of- that oh, last time. I, I don't know. Maybe. No, we, we we didn't see the trailer. We spoke, we spoke about, about it being a thing, oh. but the so, the trailer came out like two days after we released the episode. I think. Yes, that's or the, or the day we released the episode, maybe. Uh, so we got the trailer for it. It's it's the the I can't remember the character's name from Army of the Army of the Dead. I nearly said Army of Darkness. Um, and he's Robin Banks in Europe, while the entire world is focused on the zombie outbreak virus in in the states. So it's. Yeah, so it doesn't look like a zombie film. No. So it's, it's a prequel to the other one, obviously, because he died. Or is there time travel involved in this like they actually teased? Prequel. I mean, there could be time travel. Why would you tease time travel and not use it? I don't know. Why, then, would, why would Zack Snyder do anything that he does, Tootie? Why? Why, I ask you? <laughs> cocaine. Yeah, <sure. laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Uh, we got the trailer for Free Guy, which apparently is, is coming out. Apparently, it's, it's it's doing okay. Apparently, it's an okay film. I was about to say, that's not out yet. I feel like that thing's been being advertised for the last year and a half. I've seen so much stuff about Free Guy in the last week that I feel like I've seen most of the film. I've seen uh, all of Taika Waititi's stuff in there, which looks amazing. Um, he's yeah, he just looks great. They look like they gave him a lot of license to fucking ad lib stuff, so they yeah. recorded a bunch and just took out the best parts. So I like that. Give Taika Waititi everything. Um, and then there was um, there was a new trailer with Ryan Reynolds versus New Ryan. Did you see that one? No, I didn't see where, that one. Where basically so the- it's it's basically teasing the end fight. So I don't know if I should spoil it, but it's actually out as a trailer now. Um, so it. It's him basically fighting this buffed up version of himself, um, and it's called uh, it's called I think it's called New Ryan. He released it on YouTube. Uh, sorry, Next Level Reynolds. It's called. So check that out. So it's on. Uh, he's released yeah, yeah. a thing, and it's basically it's like him as this jacked up dude talking about his like pre workout stuff and all his um, growth hormones that he takes. It's kind of funny, but it just spoils the film because like you see the guy that he faces at the end. <laughs> I didn't. Um, I saw. I, I got a push notification on my phone for Next Level Ryan from his YouTube channel, and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" Why are you getting <laughs> push notifications from Ryan Reynolds' YouTube channel? Because I think it's because I've watched earlier his. Um, he hit the bell icon. The one, that's what he the did. The one with the one with Korg and Deadpool. Oh, oh yeah, okay. yeah. The yeah, that was like two or three weeks ago. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to post the uh, the whole next level Reynolds thing in um, in the listener community. So uh, check it out in there. It's it's kind of funny, um, but again, like I've seen too much of this this thing now. I just I just I, I kind of want to watch it just to see how bad it's going to be. It's got 85 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Has mm-hmm. it? Wow. Well. Mm-hmm. So uh, there we go. And uh, according to you, Jungle Cruise is quite good. So we might might do a flip around and come back to that in a, in a week or so. Look, now I remember specifically talking about Jungle Cruise maybe two or three episodes ago, and specifically saying this looks like shit. Yes. And and I I sat down to watch this uh, with Mrs. Fuzzy and Little Fuzzy, and holy shit, I was blown away by how much I enjoyed this film. It is really good. It is. Somewhere sits somewhere between Pirates of the Caribbean and The Mummy, like it has little tastes of both. 
I, I think people would really enjoy this one, and we should probably review it because it's actually a lot of fun. Well, I can't I can't recall. Have we gone back and actually reviewed the first Pirates of the Caribbean film as well? Because if we have, and then we do Jungle Cruise, that means we have one more film to do left in the Disney Rides movie collection, <laughs> which is Haunted House with Eddie Murphy. Oh yeah, no, that's uh, on Disney Plus. We we haven't done Pirates of the Caribbean, but I can tell you right now, nine. That film's fantastic. I uh, see, and that's and that's why I really like. We were talking about it this week, yeah, when we may not have had a, a chance to watch um, the film that we did, The Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad Two. Um, we talked about watching Jungle Cruise, and you guys were very iffy on it. I I, I strongly recommend because I think I, I contemplate. I know it, you guys yeah. like the Mummy and Pirates, so I think. You will like this because it has very similar vibes. It's actually... Re- I, I was surprised at how well done it was. So, yeah, I definitely recommend it. If you haven't watched it, great family movie to watch. Um, but, yeah, also a really fun adventure film that will... Despite the cover, like it will surprise you at how, how decent it is underneath. Uh, the only other trailer I can think of this week was a Netflix show that on oh, Netflix movie that looks like a bit John Wickish. Um, Kate, starring Mary Elizabeth Winsett and Woody Harrelson, um, which is an assassin movie. Who an assassin's been given sort of like a poison. She has so many hours to live, and she's trying to find out who poisoned him and a potential cure for it. And it's very, it's it's Mary Elizabeth Winsett as John Wick. Well, it sounds like um, Crank. It. Do you remember the movie Crank? No. Yes. Don't remember Crank. Oh man, Crank, Crank was dumb. Oh man, so, so Crank was dumb. It was so stupid. So Crank was um, uh, fucking what's his face, um, Jason Statham, yes. and the 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 whole idea is that he was given a drug. I think right. that he was poisoned by bad guys, and he has you know x amount of time to, left to live. Um, and in order to stay alive, he has to keep his body, the adrenaline in his body, flowing constantly to uh, to avoid it getting you know overtaking him and dying from drug overdose so yes. he does all sorts of crazy stuff and there's lots of high action scenes and all the rest of it and at one stage he like has sex with his girlfriend on a racetrack what? it's just yeah it's it's yeah there's a whole bunch of st- crazy stuff maybe that was in the second Doesn't one mean- i can't remember because it was cracked too high voltage the uh, second one's when he gets like an artificial heart. Yeah, right? and he has to keep like electrocuting himself to stay alive. Wow. Um, but yeah, so it's it's just it's crazy. So it's, that sounds like like I watched that trailer for Kate and I went, well, that's that's just crank. Oh, I want I want to watch that movie, the Netflix movie Blood Red Sky, where um the that Australian guy who's fucking fire firestorm fire, firebug in the the fucking CW. He was the dude from Prison Break. He was the big. Brawly dude from Dominic uh, Cooper, I think. Purcell. That's it. Uh, yeah. He's a he's a terrorist, and they hijack a plane, and there's a vampire on board the plane. Look, let me just say, Dominic Purcell shows up for about two minutes in that film, um, and it was definitely that he was filming it in another location. He was not on the set with any of those people. <laughs> uh, have you seen it? Yeah, I watched it uh, over several days this week and because it just took time to get through. There were some great yeah. ideas and they just flushed them all down the toilet I, in the last third of that film. Um, I just love the way that Duty described it because it sounds to me, honestly, like somebody went in to Netflix. Snakes on a plane, or, but snakes what it, what it was. No, no, no. No, but went in to suggest something yeah. and their first thing got turned down and they just went, oh, shit, we need a second one. Uh Plane guy from Prison Break hijackers vampires. Good, <laughs> I yeah. Mean. It's 
it started out as a really good idea and like there was some cool stuff you're like okay i'm following this the first two-thirds of the film are okay and that last third just falls apart they ran out of i think they just ran into a wall with their ideas and went oh fuck we've got to follow it down this path now and it just didn't really work so yeah i i it's enjoyable for some part but i think they just Mm. lost the concept at the end all right well, we should. We're, we're half an hour in. We should probably move on to this. Yes, we should. We will move on to them. We will do we quickly talk about our sponsor. We do have a sponsor. It is Incognito Comics. Of course, you know who they are. We know who they are. Uh, unfortunately, we can't be recording in the studios thanks to lockdowns, but they have a new book coming out, I believe, this week, if not next week. Uh, it is Batman 89. It is a six issue uh, series run, and it is a comic book continuation of the Batman, you know, Tim Burton, Michael Keaton universe. Uh, it will have Billy Dee Williams as Two-Face, um, and it looks absolutely fantastic. The art style as well is done in that Tim Burton, like, it, it looks like it's from the screen. It's not, you know, uh, Tim Burton's art style because his art style is very subjective. But um, it looks absolutely fantastic. It is only six issues as well, so whether you want to pick up the issues themselves or whether you want to pick up the trade when the sixth issue comes out, that's fine. It's not like a you know a traditional Batman comic that just keeps fucking going and going and going. So that comes out, I believe, next week or the week after. They are going to do a Superman one with Christopher Reeves as well, with Christopher Reeves Superman, um, which is going to be very interesting and very cool. Uh, apparently, as well, the uh, the Bat, uh, sorry, the Justice League motion comic that was supposed to come out. We talked about it maybe a month ago. That was going to be Justice League 2 and 3, and it was going to be narrated by Ray Porter, who was the voice for Darkseid, has been cancelled, and now there is another motion comic, which is just going to be, rather than Justice League 2 and 3, it's just going to be Justice League, what the Justice League have been doing post that event. I have no fucking idea. I don't care. Anyways, um, (laughs) I also picked up this week, um, for no one that can see, they have, DC have these things called Absolute Editions. They're basically like big coffee table versions of, you know, classic books that, you know, you should read. And I picked up uh, Justice League New 52. It's the first 12 issues. Um, It's an absolutely fantastic book. It is a little on the pricey side, but it's just a giant big coffee table hardcover version of the book um, that's not sort of too big to read, like those omnibuses that are like massive fat phone books. It's just a nice... Who buys those things? Who buys those things? I honestly want to know because you cannot read them. Like, without cracking the cover on them, you have to like... And breaking the book in half, you can't read them. John from yeah, the uh, from Hellboy. Some like it slapped. Has he's got multiple Conan omnibuses and he loves them. Omnibuy, no, omnibuy. I tried. I tried to read the Hellboy one because my brother, my brother, well, Matt has them. Um, but I think he, he more has them as like a sort of a collection piece as opposed to reading them like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I tried to sit in bed and read them, and there is no angle that you can get comfortable. <laughs> they are. They are huge. Um, yeah, so I picked that up this week. It's Justice League, New 52, issues 1 to 12 or 1 to 13, I think it is. Um, and it's 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 great when you reread those comic books in, like, big collected sort of, you know, big massive book trade style-wise. Um, that sort of re- it remembers why you fell in love with comics, because this was one of the first books I started reading as a comic book. Um, and it's it's a fucking great book. Um, so, yeah, I picked them up this week, uh, as well as... Shit, I think that's I think that's about it. Oh, and I'm reading uh, the Transformers Beast Wars story that's going on at the moment because Beast Wars is 25 years old and it's fucking cool. Um, yes, so if you want to read the new Batman 89 series or whenever the uh, the 
uh, Superman Christopher Reeve series comes out as well you can go to incognitocomics.com.au uh, and pick up your books they are doing click and collect during the lockdowns as well so if you uh, still want to get your books you can still can and you can just go install pick them up bugger off get some Maccas on the way home you know make a day of it if you live within the 5k kilometer radius or you just want to be a badass and break the rules I don't know uh, incognito comics you can find them at incognitocomics.com.au back to you Tom in the studio Thanks, Daddy. <laughs> All right. So now on to the main event. We are talking, of course, about this year's The Suicide Squad, not to be confused with Suicide Squad that was, of course, released in 2016. Yes, it was. It was this podcast's first episode. Yeah, swings and roundabouts. Mm. Uh yeah, Sunrise, so sunsets, and the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Silver spoon. Yes, we had no bargain. Yes, of course, we are talking about James Gunn's new uh, version of the Suicide Squad, the se- sequel, not sequel, reboot, not reboot, uh, completely unrelated, but completely related uh, <laughs> thing. They want you to remember it happened, but not quite as you remember it happened, if that makes sense. Yes, it did happen, but not quite. (laughs) Just forget it, but remember it at the same time. The characters that we don't want to have to reintroduce, you should know were there. Yeah. Yeah. But everything else you should forget. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, Judy, tell me what happens. Uh, so this version of the Suicide Squad uh, is it, it, it answers the question that was posed uh, a couple of years ago of what happens if you make a good Suicide Squad film, um, and this is the answer to it. Um, no, it's, it, this this movie is very much uh, is it's a a you know, Suicide Squad are called out to to do a mission to stop Project Starfish, um, and you find out of course throughout the film what Project Starfish is. Spoiler alert: it's not a blue light shining in the sky or wavy arms. Um, and uh, just uh, as the, it's kind of wavy arms, just as the title suggests, well, it's, it's wavy starfish arms. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, true, but it's not. I am enchantress. Look at me raw. Um, I know Judy's trying not to spoil it, but I will just point out the giant starfish was in the trailers, so we kind of yes. knew what it was already. So it's not really a spoiler to talk about what Project Starfish is when you show the fucking main villain in the fucking fucking trailers. <laughs> yeah, that there are there are somewhat spoilery things within the story as well, but just like the. The title suggests it is Suicide Squad. Not everyone is safe, and with a cast this big, you can tell that's probably the case. Yeah, and look, right off the bat, thank you, Suicide Squad, or The Suicide Squad, for actually making some of the characters die. Like <laughs> like Slipknot from the yeah. first film. Remember him? <sighs> no. <laughs> Trying to forget it. Uh, like, they had one death in the first film and everyone else lived, is that right? Uh, two. Uh, yeah, two. Who was the second? Uh, there was Slipknot, and then there was El Diablo, who turned into a giant fucking. No, he lived skeleton. at the end, didn't he? He died. Didn't he live? He, he turned he... himself into a bomb. I thought he uh, lived. Yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> I thought he went space demon and lived. Yeah, he lived, and then they blew up. They used the underwater bombs, and that was just the the marine guys yeah. that were swimming underwater. So oh, it was Google. this one guy that lived. Anyway, yeah. They actually kill off characters in this one, which was amazing. Uh, like, just some of the deaths in this were fantastic. It definitely deserves its its higher rating because um, 
they kill people in glorious fashion. They um, they really do. Yeah, it's it's not ultra violence, but it is very close to ultra violence. It's close, um, yeah, yeah. And at one stage, they had one of the characters of the film, King Shark, um, just like chewing on some dude's head, which mm. was pretty cool. <laughs> Who they don't refer to as King Shark in the entire film. No, it's the that's just his his thing. Yeah, um, voiced by Sylvester Stallone. Absolutely fantastic casting. I, uh, I I read some trivia about that as well. I was going through IMDb after I watched the film, and apparently James Gunn approached Sylvester Stallone saying, "Look, I'm writing this character. Have you in voice for mine? It's just voice acting. It's not going to be a lot of work." And Sylvester Stallone goes, "What is it? It's like it's a giant shark that eats people, but he's also a member of the Suicide Squad." And Sylvester Stallone said, "Anything for you, brother." I'm like, "That's like the best fucking thing ever." Like how Brad Pitt was in. Uh, Deadpool 2 and just wanted to get paid a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's he's pretty great. I, I do love that Sylvester Stallone is just on board with all of James Gunn's stuff. He's just mm. you know, there for whatever he needs to do. That's fantastic. Yeah. I think one of the things that I must say about this film just across the board is I, I absolutely loved it so no spoilers here that is going to get a decent review but um as per discussions with siobhan in a lot of occasions you'll refer to things as action comedies i would say this was a comedy action um, yes. yes i would say this is foremost a comedy film it's well, it's, and, it's very much deadpool and guardians of the galaxy put together and, and it, i think it's funnier than both of those to, i think so myself too. it's definitely like and you see all of the characters including viola davis like you know making jokes joel kinnaman's making jokes like they they saw what happened with the original Suicide Squad and went, this is super dark, and they yeah. tried to be like, oh, it's all death and all the rest of it. And there were some jokes in there, but nowhere near enough. And again, you saw them all on the trailer. But for this one, there is a lot of funniness. There's um, again taking away from um, from all of the blood and guts and death that goes on. One of my absolute favorite scenes for this one is a, a bit where they they are walking through this like you know, enemy camp. Um, and it's yeah. just um, uh, who's Peacemaker. it? Uh, Bloodshot and Bloodsport. Uh, Peacemaker. Yeah, that's right. And they they're basically just like having a contest to creatively kill all these dudes throughout the camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they get to the end of the camp, and spoilers, they're not the bad guys. They're actually good guys. <laughs> it's just why didn't my team just, alert me that you guys had arrived? Oh, I don't know. We, we, then, we didn't see anyone. We, didn't, we didn't see anyone. Just, <laughs> King Shark just coughs up a boot. <laughs> It's just fucking great because they're just like sitting there going, you know. Um, and I think there's one line where um, Bloodsport says to Peacemaker, oh, you know, why do you do all of this stuff? And he goes, I only do it because it looks really cool. And Bloodsport's like, damn it, you're right. No, you're not a douche if it's really cool. He's like, damn it, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> just some really, like, they, they took the right tone with this film. Like, yes. they completely separated it from what it was. They took the fun from Guardians of the Galaxy and made, you know, put that the heavy level of action that was required to have a Suicide Squad, and it was just enjoyable. Right. Like the the whole right. thing was really fun to to watch. Mm. And big big thing that I said I said this to Siobhan within like the first ten or fifteen minutes of the film, having like interchangeable character. For obviously bringing Idris Elba's character in as opposed to um, Will, Smith. Will Smith's character, but by God, putting your movie on the shoulders of a significantly better actor makes such a difference. <laughs> the point where him um, and Viola Davis um, uh, are speaking to each other at the start with the pen to her neck, 
Oh yeah, those two actors opposite each other. It's just like, well, this is this scene is better than anything that came out of the last Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah. And the the best part about that like that opening sequence was like they introduced a whole bunch of characters, and yeah, you know, by the by the time it's I think it's like 25 minutes in. Everybody's been introduced. You've got, you know, you've had action. You've had stuff going on. You've had twists and turns. You've already started the story. You're not still in halfway through introducing half the fucking cast. Like, they did it quickly. They did it really well. It was well acted. It was just so much better. I would say I, I didn't yeah. mind in the first Suicide Squad film when, like, because like, at the time you did need to introduce Harley Quinn to the audiences who didn't know what it was and it was like, you know, compliant with killing the uh, killing Robin and stuff like that. But like if they did that with this film, there's like what, like 20-ish members or so of, the, of this Suicide Squad, which, you know, it's called the Suicide Squad for a reason. But like if you did that, it just fucking wouldn't work. Mm. But yeah, no, they, they basically just, just started it off and like, oh, this is this guy, this is this guy. Okay, we're in it now. And like yeah. it's, it's just, there was action straight away. There was people dying almost straight away, which was fucking fantastic. That opening mm-hmm. sequence was just unreal. It, it's it really surprised me with with what happened in like you know the first five ten minutes and how it goes into the credits is absolutely fucking hilarious. But yeah. um, I was sitting there just going like, wow, like this is just what a nothing start. like I I expected. No, and it goes to show that like you look at basically nearly any. DC film that's coming out in the past 10 years it's like apparently James Gunn was just like he was hired and left the fuck alone it was just like do whatever you want but you know they, apparently they came in here and there with some small notes but they didn't actually like hinder in the production of this film and it, it goes to show with this film because it's absolutely great I was gonna say I don't know whether it was solely him part of the editing all the th- all the things just coming together just right but the fact that he was able to use his style and do his stuff in the DC universe and make this actually still feel like a DC film and not a Marvel film because this doesn't feel like a Marvel film. No. No. At all. Um, and regard regardless of the blood and gore, like outside of that, I don't think in between that it feels like a Marvel film, which was super refreshing. Um, I found this film really refreshing because it was different. It definitely makes um, it one of the better dc films that we've watched for sure like mm. uh, like we we'll talk about you know scores and things like that at the end but i i definitely feel like this was one of the more enjoyable dc films that we've reviewed and watched mm. i have more fun with this than most of them i have along the way yeah yeah, yeah it is it is fucking brilliant mm. Yes. Um, oh, look, I I don't want to spoil too much about it because there are you know, things this, that happen in here. But can yeah. we just talk about some of the the, the cast who, who were just incredible? Um, like they they had a list, of, like a star-studded list of people went here. Nathan Fillion as TDK. Oh um, my god, the just the, the dismemberment kid. Holy yeah. shit! Like it's like you know there is uh, Michael. Rocker, I love it when is... they're, they're talking about his name as well, and they're like, "Yeah, what's your name? TDK." Your name is just letters. <laughs> All names are letters. Joy pipes up and says, "Everyone's name's just letters, mate. What the fuck?" <laughs> In his most Aussie Australian like accent possible. I did love that. Yeah, uh, it was pretty good. So they had uh, um, Javelin Flulaborg as Javelin was pretty awesome. <laughs> American yep, yep. woman love my accent. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Gunn as Weasel and Calendar Man as well. Like he just plays this little cameo of Calendar Man, which I thought was like. Holy shit, we get a calendar man in this film just as like a little background fucking extra. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Jai Courtney, of course. Oh, Captain I didn't... Boomerang. Sorry, Tom. Yeah, I did. I did notice him. I didn't realize he was Calendar Man, but no, he totally was. He had the Calendar Man tattooed. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the dates tattooed around his head. Yeah, it's, it's he was pretty good, and um, we did also get the uh, the polka dot man was pretty amazing too. Like, it was holy just... shit, so good. <laughs> <laughs> the scenes with him. Oh, I don't want to spoil any of the scenes with him, but <laughs> the point where the rest of the squad look back at him. Yeah. Oh man, any any time where you just get his point of view is absolutely. <laughs> fucking fantastic yeah. like it was it was definitely like you know we were talking about the trailers and the, the posters you know however many months ago on the show and we were like who the fuck is polka dot man and what are they doing and this is going to be weird and you're damn right it's weird because james gunn apparently picked all of the members for the suicide squad and he deliberately picked lesser known nobody sort of style characters like Ratcatcher and like polka dot man and like javelin and fucking uh, hell it's just good excuse me Ratcatcher 2 Ratcatcher uh, 2 <laughs> <laughs> Which is fantastic, and I mean, can we spoil the little cameo in there? Ah, go for it. It's in. It's in yeah. the. It's in. It's like in, he, he went to the premiere. He's in the opening credits. Yeah, so, yeah. He's credited. He's credited for that. So role. we've got yeah. uh, Taika Waititi as rat, the original rat catcher, and his daughter plays the role of rat catcher too. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> I love the fact that they haven't got a new name for her. They've just named her Two. It's fantastic. So yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of stuff involving rats, which is pretty amazing. It's it's yeah, and she you know as James Gunn said, like she's the heart of this film, and definitely so because you know we it's one of those films like we we nah, as a podcast nah. want to talk about it. K- King Shark is the heart of this film, in my opinion. Oh, <laughs> King, King King Shark is is Groot, but better. Um, eh. I think yeah. he's, I think he's better than Groot. Um, uh, really? <laughs> I, look, I, I I'm just gonna. I did enjoy King Shark. I thought Groot had more heart than King Shark because just because you, you you there was so much more emotional stuff around him, whereas King Shark was just being cute, like yeah, cute killing machine kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I yeah, think it I, was. It, I I I. I get what you're saying, definitely, because Groot has character to him, and he, you know, has the self-sacrifice in Guardians One, and but he has that, you know, that moment where he puts his hand through four guards and starts slamming them around and all that sort of stuff, and it's cool and all that sort of stuff. But like, you get the the cuteness, but you get way more of the deadliness from King Shark as well, and like you know, the scenes and stuff like this. Oh, where, he like, rips a guy in half at one stage, which was uh, awesome. Oh. But there's, there's, there's scenes where he's acting really cute and you think it's a really great scene and then it just fucking flips on a dime and you just sit there going, what the fuck? Yeah. I was waiting for that moment. I really was. As soon as I saw that, I was like, yeah, this is not what you think it is. <laughs> yeah, it was It's just... And it's 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 one of these films like... I, I definitely you know can't say this enough. Go and fucking watch this film. Whether you, you hate fucking DC films, whether you're not a comic book fan, like it is... There's laughs. There's fuckloads of action. There's like the whole lot, like the whole thing of like when the Suicide Squad is, they have like the assembling moment. Is they get Bloodsport and they're like each member of the squad has different talents. And they say Bloodsport, you know, he, he's incredibly accurate and all this. He's a bit like a dead shot. Um, and then they get Peacemaker and they he literally exactly say the exact same line. <laughs> Bloodsport goes, "What the fuck? He has the same powers as me." <laughs> and then and then John Cena comes back and says, "Yeah, but just better." <laughs> <laughs> and John Cena in this is fucking like he's shit in Fast and Furious. He's fantastic in this film. 
Well, he's I given something Justin to do other than great. just brood. Like, you know, he's not just brooding yeah. in this film. He's actually acting and being funny and serious, and he's got a lot of range to, to work with. Mm. So I, th- I think he does that really well, as, as does Idris Elba. Like, he has a lot of range to play with. Whereas, yeah. you know, Idris Elba, obviously, you know, they didn't want to just call him Deadshot because, you know, that's, well, that, a, would, be, a, that apparently, would be silly. Apparently he was initially hired to replace Will Smith as Deadshot. Yeah. But then they changed it and made him Bloodsport in case there is some form of sequel, which apparently Walter Hamada from Warner Bros. says, we are speaking to James Gunn about continuing this, this uh, series okay. of films. And if Will Smith, if they yeah. bring Will Smith's character back. But the, but this, this is the thing, right? He's given almost the same sort of path that Will Smith's character was. In the oh, definitely, one. yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's all about the daughter and de- in various different ways. But he's he's asked to do a very similar role, and he does it better because he has comedic moments. He has really strong acting moments. He has dark dark moments and action moments. He has this mm. whole range Will Smith was given that and just probably brooded again too much that was I think just the theme of that first film went down that dark pathway whereas yeah, Idris Elba was a much more emotional character to connect with so I think that was yeah. much better done I think to be honest though the only character that I thought was pl- was underplayed was um, Amanda Waller because she yeah. was you know the first film she was quite menacing in this film she was quite irrational almost yeah, but it's also like we we don't necessarily mm. need to know or see much more of her because we we did get a you know what her shtick is as well with the first um, Suicide Squad film. Um, it's it's sort of like I'm trying to think. It's, it's it's like you don't need much of Q in James Bond films. They serve their purpose. They do their thing. That's really she's it. more she's more M than she is. Q. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was trying to think of yeah. So yeah, she she, she serves her purpose, but she doesn't need to. <laughs> She doesn't need to linger over the, the film. Like, she's needed for certain events that transpire throughout the film, but that's really about it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I see what you were picking up as well in regards to Bloodsport and Deadshot, and I think it's 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 kind of hard to... Because apparently with the 2016 Suicide Squad film, it was heavily controlled by Warner Brothers uh, with what they could film and what they couldn't film and shit like that. So I think, uh, like, definitely, like, with Will Smith's portrayal of what was released, he was very much of, look at me, I'm the centre stage, whether it was filmed that way i have no fucking idea but this film is it just goes to show case in point of leave directors and producers leave them leave them alone let them create their shit and then from there if it doesn't work then you get another fucking director in for the sequel or fucking whatever like it's it's you know this is a fantastic film james gunn was given complete freedom apparently when warner brothers hired james gunn they said what do you want to work on and james gunn said suicide squad that's what he that's what he picked out of everything available um i'm glad you look at (laughs) <laughs> Sorry? Yeah, I'm glad he did. I'm glad he did. Like, he just... Yeah. It, it was the right thing that they needed to reboot. Like, if you were going to do anything in there, like, and you could do it correctly, this was a great film to pick in their in their back catalogue of, of movies. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, personally, I'm not a fan of basically anything. Maybe Spider-Man Far From Home, but, like, anything post that movie, Marvel hasn't been that good. Like, I didn't like Black Widow. We know my thoughts no. on Loki and WandaVision, stuff like that. But, like, this could be, like, the shifting of the tides being like, okay, well, oh. maybe Marvel's starting to do a little worse and DC's going to start coming out doing some better stuff. Maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, I don't have high hopes for Flashpoint. No. I'm, Look, I'm very much... I'm looking forward to that because that's directed by Andy Muschietti. And Andy Muschietti did awesome on It Chapter 1 and 2. 
We'll see. <laughs> Let's just you know, hold it lightly and we'll see how uh, how the next part goes. I think, yes, you're right. It is a good new direction for them to go in, but mm. it is one film. And you know, whether or not that changes everything, changes the course for them, it's enough to, to move the big needle. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just, it's a very, very good uh, step for them to make, though. Yeah, it's I'm, definitely, yeah. I'm curious if it's going to be more inspired for them to do what they've been talking about doing and just doing more standalone stories um, rather than trying to tie everything together like the MCU. Because they've, spo- they've spoken about doing that, just doing random... Th- like, there can be multiple Batmans, there can be multiple Flashes, there can be multiple whatever, and just do different standalone stories, different directors, and let them do their thing. There, there already is, and like just, just leave it like that. Like I think that's probably the the best way they know how to produce content is to you know do different takes and just leave it at that just don't yeah. don't try and tie it all together because that's been done and it's been done really well i don't think you can match up to it at this point you know you don't have the the foresight to go over that period of time let's just leave it as as individual takes and be happy with it yeah i feel like i saw something on twitter or facebook last night after i you know watched the film but it was like it was i feel like they're it was something along the lines of yeah they are tying it back into the dceu to try and make a weaving form of coherent plot line or whatever it might be you were saying they're stopping that they're not doing the comic books of justice league 2 and 3 now didn't you yeah no yeah they were going to do a a company was going to do a motion comic of what justice league 2 and 3 for Zack snyder's vision was going to be um and it it got cancelled whether it got cancelled from I was going to say, is is that not curious that that got cancelled? The Snyder Club was popular, and then this was good. I've, I've, whether whether it's is that is that is that is that not a, is that a coincidence? Are we thinking? I mean, I hope we get another Justice League film that's you know disregarding the the, the actual twenty seventeen release and uses the the twenty twenty one or this year's early release, but maybe edited. I just find I just find it really curious that they would have dropped that after the Snyder Club. Well, hopefully, like I'm, I, I, I understand why we may not necessarily use Zack Snyder because he doesn't know how to edit. Well, he does, but he doesn't know how to make a more sit down in one instance and watch the film because four hours is too long. But I want to see the DC stuff going forward because we are getting Aquaman that's being filmed right now. Uh, Black Adam apparently has finished filming. Flashpoint is filming at the moment now. There's rumours that, of course, that you know we've seen photos of Ben Affleck's Batman on the set of uh, Flashpoint with the bat cycle, and there was a there was a motorcycle crash with that um, with the scenes they were shooting last week or the week before. <laughs> I did love that I mean, when they were first like testing it out, and he just like fell over. It was fucking great. <laughs> that bike is hideous, but yeah, I love that terrible. bike. I think it looks fucking cool. Oh no, it's dumb. Really? Looks so dumb. Anyway, let's go back to Suicide Squad. <laughs> yes, yeah, let's go back to Suicide Squad. Uh, yeah, so we've been talking about how much we actually love this film and want to want to uh, call James Gunn our god. Yeah. Sir. All worship James Gunn. <laughs> King. Nah, um, <laughs> Sir, Sir James Gunn. <laughs> uh, but let's. there are some negatives of the film, so uh, let's talk some negatives. Who who, who has some? Um, I'll, I'll start off. <laughs> it's... I wouldn't really say it's a negative, but it, it's a thing that I liked from the first Suicide Squad that I think could have been a cool transfer or, or something to take into this film. Um, and it's when you get the start of the film, when you get you know the introduction of Harley Quinn and, and uh, Deadshot and all that sort of stuff like that, how they got arrested, I kind of liked that. 
like Captain Boomerang getting arrested by the Flash. I'm like, that's cool. It gives us a little sneak thing of, you know, the Flash and off he goes. You know, Batman coming in, arresting people. I liked that and I feel like that could have been a cool way to to go, all right, well, you know, there's Batman cameo, there's a Superman cameo, there's Flash, there's Green Arrow, fucking whatever. It's just little cameos for, for a bit of fun. Um, that and I was... I wouldn't say, again, it's a negative, but I was genuinely surprised by some of the decisions they made in regards to it's the Suicide Squad people are going to die, and I'm sitting there going, wow, really? That character and that character? Oh, okay. I'm like, definitely understand for some of the lesser-known comedic, funny, you know, characters, but I was really surprised by some of the ones that they they decided to drop off. I, I think that's the humour in it, though, is, like, the expectation and, and you know, with some of these characters is quite high, and mm. then all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> oh, oh, okay, that happened. Like it just really it it, it's, it catches you. Um, it really just makes yeah. you change your opinion about you know what's happening in here. So I, I kind of enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, fair fair point. Um, yeah, but there's there's not really many negatives I can think of about in in this film. It's it's uh, at first I was sitting there like as I was watching the film with like you know the you know the the third act. And I was sitting there going like, well, there's news reports and there's this and there's that. And I'm like, I don't know where this film is set within, you know, the world of DC or whatever. But like, just like with Aquaman, I would have enjoyed, you know, when the tidal waves start hitting everywhere. If Superman, if you just saw like the red flashes of Superman and Flash, like saving people or fucking whatever. But then in that regards, you would have had, you know, the, you know, the kaiju at the end of the film, you know, Starro the Conqueror. And then just going, uh, well, Superman came in and saved the day. So... Yeah, it's 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 hard to actually think of some negatives for this film. I've got some. <laughs> go for it. I have a couple as well. Yeah, you go. Look, one thing they haven't really done well ever uh, in in DC is really, well, in Marvel as well as the the bad guys. Like the the a good superhero film needs a good bad guy in there, and they do have a rich cast. To, uh, to choose from in the DC catalogs mm. and I just don't think they've ever really portrayed them well on screen and I think they had the same problem in this film where you know, we've got essentially like the, there's two bad guys in this film and you know, they've got the Thinker and they've got Starro and I don't think either of them really got their, their day on screen properly to, to feel the, the menace of the bad guy to understand the real threat to it all um there's a you know starro giant starfish from outer space you never really like you know him being big isn't enough they should have done more with the other side of him as well and i i just don't think they played that to its fullest potential so yeah that was i would almost argue that this film didn't really have a main villain at all yeah I'd say it was more they had a mission to accomplish and there were hurdles in the way, like yeah. because there wasn't any focus on the villains, really. And that's and that's the problem, right? Like, you know, Star of the Conqueror is a supervillain and is should have been bigger, would have been enough on its own um, without having Thinker in there as well. I, I think there's they just missed a couple of beats with making that. Yeah, you know, they had a couple of like shots of the backstory, and that was quite cool seeing. You know, how he came to be and but then that was it there was just a big leap and all of a sudden it's just you know he's a threat it just didn't have enough in there to to really grasp the story because they were so focused on either like the main cast and killing off the main cast (laughs) and i guess there was there was nothing really with thinker that 
made him seem particularly intelligent. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Like, you know, yes, he was, you know, had been masterminding, you know, like researching Starro for, you know, X amount of time. years or something or whatever it was, yeah. But what, what was his, where was his threat? He got, you know, there was easy moments to be like, well, if he's, a th- if he's the thinker and he's got all these things to make him think better, how is this happening? Shouldn't he have thought of this already? You know, it just yeah. it didn't seem, again, lost the beat because he wasn't menacing, didn't show his power at all. He was just there. So I think those two points really let down that side of the movie. Uh, I mean, great. Otherwise, I think there was like some great CG around Starro and some really interesting things in there. They just didn't play with it enough. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, and I think on the CG aspect, that's, that's probably... One of the negatives is probably some of them, some of the CG looked a bit iffy Yeah, in places. Uh, I think at the start when the guy's head gets cut in half. Oh, yeah. And it slides off, it, it didn't look great. Um, but the rest of it was fine, um, I think. Uh but and, and I think the the only other really bit that, that got me is I felt like the... Um, they did, he did really well with introducing the characters and introducing a lot of them and then did the emotional expo- exposition dump when they were in the bus. Yeah. Um, and part of it needed, yes, but in the way that it was done, um, I didn't particularly like it because I thought he had avoided the... the uh, I thought he had done very well, show it, don't tell it. Yeah. Um, and then they just had a scene of... Blood sport and Ratcatcher two bonding when they already sort of seemed like they were bonding without that scene. Yeah, it, it could have done without it. Like there was, a, you know, they had the moment where they had a couple of moments almost where it was like, oh, what's your story? Oh, that's great. Here's my story as well. And what's your story? And like there was just okay, you need to either pace those out a little bit more or just cut them out entirely. It slowed down the 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 film in that particular section, and it didn't need yeah, to. And they weren't needed. It wasn't needed no. at all. And that you could have spent um, all of that time, you know, you could have spent five minutes, cut that out and put five minutes of the bad guy being the bad guy in the film. You know, some sort of yeah. sinister plot to, you know, release him into the world or, you know, something's happening behind the scenes, not just an accident. <laughs> we, did, we did have a lot of bad guys because we had the president, then we had the general of the army, we had Starro, we had the thinker, plus we had more on top of that. To, like okay, cut out the general, cut out all of that storyline with the general. Just have the dictator in, in charge, and then that's fine. So the you know the dictator, the thinker, and Starro. Those are your three characters. Don't worry about this coup attempt. And then also there's another like you know there's gorillas in the jungle and also there was too much of that going on. Way too complicated in that particular part of the film. Like not complicated as in you can't understand it, just too much story that it overwhelms, it's oversaturated. Yeah, I think the uh, definitely the coup and the well, the the general and the rebel section wasn't required. Not at all. At all. <laughs> Absolutely none of that was we required. Didn't, we didn't really get much of the rebel stuff though because it was just like uh once once they leave the what is it the the fucking the president's house or whatever the fuck it is. Um, it's just like they go inside they just kill everyone like it, it didn't really yeah. focus on them it just was like hey well that's going on this is happening too whoop dee if it didn't focus on yeah. it it didn't need them in the film in the first place they just needed yeah, it, a contact it, to get in get the contact in there that's great it had obviously had Milton in there which was amazing that, that was fucking great because like he's there but he's not saying or doing anything <laughs> yeah Siobhan, Siobhan kept turning to me and just being like 
Why is the bus gone? <laughs> so that was enough. You didn't need any of the stuff with the rebels apart from that that, you know, that one moment. And then, okay, here's your contact. Great. That's enough. They, then all of that rebel storyline goes away. All of the stuff with the general goes away. Like, delete that from the film. You've saved yourself maybe 15 minutes that you can do other things with in this film that are actually more important. Uh, it, yeah, it's, and it makes it, a yeah, it stops timer. muddying the waters in a film that's already got fucking how many characters in here like fucking 30 characters mm, yeah. yeah but we had that real I, I found it a real rough scene to watch for me personally it's like the president dies and Harley, Harley Quinn just flat out hang on we haven't moved into spoilers yet oh it's the it's the it's 10 minutes of, we're going into the spoilers it's, it's the scene where like <laughs> ten, it, 10 minutes of spoilers spoilers back there yes <laughs> No, no, you can now. That's what I'm saying. We're going, we're going into spoilers. Oh, now. we can fucking. No, just the, the scene, like uh, you know, the, the president dies and the fucking general takes over for the, you know, for the for the militia or whatever. Or not the militia, the just the the, the company's fucking military forces. And he just lights birds on fire inside a birdcage. I'm like, this guy's a fucking cunt. I'm just yeah, sitting there like no, he he deserves no the worst death. Uh, there, there, like, yeah, there was no point to that though. Like, there's we get that he's a bad guy. Yeah. Like. Uh, he was not necessary in the entire thing. You have, you know, you have the president. If the president dies, then you just have the thinker as the cause of it, or the thinker now takes over, and now he's in control of the military and all the rest of it. That would have made much more sense. It would have made so much more sense, and then you wouldn't have needed anything else in the film. So, yeah, I hundred percent agree. And I understand. So, going into the spoilers, so Captain Boomerang is still alive. Nah, he's dead. But we don't see. No, but his arm comes up. No, he's, no his arm. His arm was up with his. He actually a used his boomerangs in this fucking film. But um, no, he got impaled to shit with fucking like no, he, bamboo. His arm comes up, doesn't it? I think it's just stuck up. It's not like actually moving. Oh. So, I th- I thought that was showing his arm like pushing. Uh, I also don't bubble. think because he, he gets like Mongal grabs the helicopter and puts it pulls it into the forest <laughs> that causes splinters and wood to shoot at everywhere. He gets impaled by that. And then the helicopter crashes behind him and he falls into the rotor blades. He's dead. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, he's he's t- he's totally dead. I was point. surprised that they killed him. I'm sitting there going like, wow. Like, a lot of people thought he was the best part of the last one. Huh? A lot of people thought he was the best part like, of the last one. A lot of people were wrong. Um, <laughs> but he, he wasn't bad in this film, especially like, you know, what does TDK stand for? And it's like, oh, it's just, it's just letters. Oh. Like, he, he was... I, like that, that I was losing my shit at the start of the film, especially with you know Nathan Fielding Weasel. as TDK using his ability to detach his arms, and then he was just slapping people and stuff like that. It's but so then they're great. Shoot, they're shooting his arms, and he's on the floor going ah ah, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and it's just Joel Kinnaman going, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah. Harley Quinn says to him, "What's going on?" He's like, "I didn't pick the team, all right." <laughs> it's actually fucking hilarious. But like, did anyone check if the weasel could swim? <laughs> He survived. The end credits. He just gets up and runs into the bushes. I, I also loved like so. What was Savant like? So we had um, Michael Rooker at the start. What was his superpower? Was he just like? I don't know. Uh, we never really accurate, know. I guess we never really know. But like, yeah, he just like runs well, away. Savant would imply that he's intelligent, wouldn't? I, I would suggest so. Yeah. I'm going to do a quick Google because he's bouncing the like a tennis ball or whatever around a room, and he bounces it off the wall to kill a bird. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, very interesting just to see that start part, and it's yeah, <laughs> so good. Yeah. But it also doesn't make sense to me. It, it it seems odd to me that she would have sent 
Joe, um, Joel Kinnaman, Rick Flag. Joel Kinnaman, yeah, Rick Flag, with the clear distraction team that was meant to die. Yeah, and, and then and Harley send Quinn. them to ret- yeah, and then well, Harley, no, but it, but Harley Quinn's a villain. Maybe she wanted Harley Quinn to die, whereas he's not. Mm. Yet they get they get the new, the other squad to rescue him. Yeah. So it, yeah. that didn't make sense to me. That's a that's a very good like because at first I was sitting there going well like well maybe it's because they wanted him to die because fucking Amanda Waller knows what happens like to, if, if they reach the end of the mission she can sort of guess what he'll do which is what he does mm. um, but it's just like why go back and save him then mm. so yeah, yeah. there's the- also totally did not expect him to die yeah. Yeah. Uh, Savant's ability is genius level intellect exhibits forgetfulness due to his chemical imbalance master martial artist uh, computer operational multilingual multilingualism okay we got none of that no. <laughs> we got, you got you got to see absolutely zero of his powers in this particular film so which was a bit like you know he, he seemed a little bit pointless I just yeah uh, what a waste oh, um, you know how we were talking a couple weeks back when we were talking about Army of the Dead that uh, uh, Dave Bautista got offered a role in Suicide Squad um, but he turned it down for the lead role in Army of the Dead. I found, I, I went on to trivia and found out what uh, role he was offered. He was offered Peacemaker. Mm. Okay. And oh, now we're okay. getting a Peacemaker TV series. Interesting. Mm. Well, yes, oh, and he, there's yep. yeah, spoilers for the, uh, the the end of the film, the post credit sequence, we see um, Peacemaker still alive. Uh, oh, I didn't know. Oh, yeah, no, there's a, so there was a post-credit sequence. There was the um, the first one, which was Weasel getting up. I saw that <laughs> yeah, one. Which right. was pretty great. <laughs> I love the Weasel. Just pointless. Utterly pointless. Um, and then he wakes up on the beach, so he hasn't drowned. He's actually alive. He just kind of gets up, makes a few noises, and runs off. Um, and then there's a post-credit, post-post-credit sequence um, where a couple of the guys from Amanda Waller's team go into the hospital and peacemakers lying there, and they're like, you know, what do you need this guy for? Oh, to save, just to save the fucking world. And it's it was a little bit forced, but because we're getting a peacemaker TV it. series, it's eight episodes, I think, and it's all written by James Gunn. Okay. Mm. Oh, okay. And he John was, Cena rocked up to the premiere of Suicide Squad in his peacemaker outfit. There we go. I mean, he was he was an interesting character because he had a lot to play with as well. Because you know, he's you know trying to be trying to be good but also he's a little bit dark and how he gets his gets shit done so i, I kind of enjoyed mm. that um yeah. fuck i had other things to talk about as well i can't <laughs> oh all right yeah so the, the big one that blew me away was they killed rick flag in the film the peacemaker uses yeah. porcelain and stabs him in the heart and you, you get the cg of the porcelain going i'm sitting there going you killed joel kinnaman like joel kinnaman was fucking good in this film yeah, and he was. I didn't. Ex- I didn't expect him to die. Yeah, I was sitting there going, "Holy shit!" I'm like, I, I, I kind of saw with you know Mongal and fucking all that sort of stuff to be killed off. But I'm sitting there, really, you killed off Joel Kinnaman's character. I'm like, at least uh, 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 it just blew me away. But it also what? like you know gave way for you know the rest of the film's you know progression and stuff like that. Yeah. I did also really enjoy the bit where uh, with with Polka Dot Man, who's like, "Yeah, I'm a fucking superhero." Oh, I saw that scene coming from mile away. So uh, it was great. For those of you who don't care, Polka Dot Man's abilities he he he's been experimented on by his mum, so he sees everyone in the world as his mum, and um, it's fucking hilarious. But he needs to expel polka dots from his body twice a day, otherwise 
because he's infected by he's infected by an interdimensional virus and he needs yeah. to yeah it's just so it, it's it, good i'm gonna i was hoping he wouldn't die because i really liked his character but i sort of i realize now that that sort of character he kind of had to die because you can't use that shtick twice yeah, yeah. that's true yeah yeah you wouldn't have been able to reuse that, that bit in the club the as well when they're all dancing. They got drunk and he's dancing yeah. around and he's like, uh, "It's just, it's so good." Just <laughs> seeing him envisioning all these people in the room as his mum and he's like, they've got this this girl twerking on him and uh, it's just unreal. So good. I, I I I enjoy those scenes, but Mon's sitting there going, <laughs> "What's King Shark doing?" And then it just splits to him just sitting inside the van, just nodding his head to the music <laughs> in the background. Yeah. Oh, I poor King Shark can't do anything, and he's like, "I'll just wear a fake mustache." And he's walking around with his finger in front of his face. I am going to say that still is like back to Perfect Not Man real quick. That that line, regardless of the of uh, the mother, him seeing the mother as the starfish later on. But it's the fact that when they go, oh, and where's your mother now? Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. uh, his his polka dots are fucking insane. They like it's, they're like lightsaber bullets. They like fucking incinerate anything mm. on impact. And he fully fucks up Starro. He rips people to shreds with it. All this sort of stuff. And I'm sitting there going, holy shit! And then as he as soon as like the the third act sort of starts and they're fighting Starro, he does some decent damage to Starro. And we see it as a giant version of his mum and he snapped his mum's Achilles and the bone is sticking out and all that sort of stuff and you're like they've got this and then he immediately just gets like Godzilla squashed it's fucking great I'd say the 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 end there going inside Starro's eye yeah I'm just gonna say the bit where she's floating she goes Harley Quinn jumps inside uses Javelin's Javelin to jump inside the eye and she's floating around in all that eye juice and her mouth is slightly open. It's like, no, close your mouth. Close your <laughs> I mouth did, I did like that That uh, Harley like starts to fall a little bit for the javelin because he has a sexy voice. Javelin gets shot to shit at the start of the film. And he, javelin's like, take my javelin for... Uh, and dies. Do you think it's this romantic <laughs> moment? And then she just starts slapping him on the face. For what? Take the javelin for what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, now th- th- there's that scene in um, where she's breaking out of the prison. She's got the javelin and she starts like cutting up dudes with the javelin and they start turning into like flowers and cartoons. Oh, the blood turns into flowers? Yeah. Was that the like a magical javelin power? Or was it no, just, that's, no, that's just probably inside her psyche or something. Yeah, I think that's meant to be her, what she's seeing as she's doing All I'm going to say, it was, a, it was a little bit too close to that scene where she gets in, in uh, The Emancipation of Harley Quinn, where she goes through the, um, uh, oh, the police the, station, the, the, yeah. and she's got all the paintball um, things, and she's you know, there's streamers and all sorts. Of, it's just a little bit oh, close yeah. to that. I think they've done that particular move before, and I, I'm just reminded of that film now, Birds of Prey, and it's which I don't want to be. I mean, it was fine. I think she, I think she makes a slight reference honest, to that at the start of the film, like, where you she's like, oh, I was in prison due to a fucking... I got caught with a diamond or something like that. Like, at the very start of the film, she makes like, okay. an offhanded reference to it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. No, it was just a little bit too close to that, but yes, it was It, it was interesting. Hmm. Uh, even, even though there was there was scenes, you know, that we saw in the trailer with this, this film, especially, like, the... I think it was... Whoever, who knows how long it was, but the trailer was, like, they're trying to rescue Harley Quinn. She's standing outside, like, what are you guys doing? You know, I can go back inside if you want me to go back inside. Like, we saw that scene in the trailer, and seeing it in the movie, I'm like, this scene's still great, and I still absolutely fucking love it, because, like, we get their point of view 
and fucking Peacemaker's about to shoot a fucking secretary in the face from long distance, and it's King Shark going, bird, on the radio. It's like, it's fucking, it's a fun scene, and you're flipping back and forth between Harley Quinn slicing people up with a javelin, and then it's just like, I can go back inside, and she's just covered in blood and shit. I'm like, this is great. This this film, like, none of the trailer scenes in this film ruined the no. the actual film for me. Um, and, and, and the... You see it in the trailer for a split, you know, for for a, a small section where King Chuck sneaks up behind someone and just puts him in his mouth. But the the scene leading up to that is like the the guard's taking a smoke, and you can just see King Chuck tiptoeing behind the guard in the background, uh. his fin sticking up over the fucking bushes. It's, it's an absolutely fucking great scene. And I love Sebastian, <laughs> the mouse, best character. He's yeah. trying to give you a leaf to show you his arm. Why do I want a fucking leaf? <laughs> <laughs> the mouse, what you, the, the rat, literally rat catcher, dude. <laughs> I did love at one stage, like um, when they're, they're trying to go in there to rescue Harley Quinn, and Joel Kinnaman goes, "Hey, Ratatouille, what do you see?" He's <laughs> doing his little sign language. It's pretty cute. Yeah, tries to give him a chocolate bar, tries to give him a leaf, and then at the end of the film, he sits on Bloodsport's lap, and he's just like he pets it, and then it just sort of like it's like having a cat or a dog sit on you, and then it just ends. And I'm like, awesome. That's fucking great. And then, like, you know, the, the whole, you know, rat catcher uses her ability you know, and her wand to summon a fuckload of rats to take out Starro. And Bloodsport's just sitting on the ground, freaking the fuck out. <laughs> and it zooms into the point where you can see them scratching up his face to climb over his face. And uh, rat catcher just puts his hand on his back and just like, you're fine. Everything's good. Like, this film, as fucking violent and brutal and comedic as it is, it's got a really good sense of fucking love and family about it. Especially with. King Shark, like, basically trying to eat Ratcatcher, and then he realizes <laughs> that he doesn't know what friends are and, and all that sort of thing about it, and then yeah. he's he's fine. Yeah, no, it was... You're right. Yeah. I think they did that, that friends and family vibe kind of better. You know, very Guardians of the Galaxy you know, style. It was yeah. much better done than they did in the first Suicide Squad. So, yeah, definitely felt together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shit. And with that, we are coming up at an hour and a half, so we will go into scoring. I feel there's, a, I feel like there's a lot more that all of us could say on this film yeah. because, um, and I think that, that hand down, I think this is the best film I've seen in quite some time. Um, but let's go into the scoring. So I will let Fuzzy Dan go first. Yes, you will. Um, yeah, look, <laughs> this was. Like we said, like one of the better DC films that we've seen. I think it was just really enjoyable to watch. Um, set set this off in a whole new direction for like like Duty said, like just gave us opportunities to go down different pathways for for DC. I hope they take that opportunity to to be you know to take fresh thoughts on on their films. Um, by far the most superior, more superior than the original Suicide Squad, and just such great heart to it it's very enjoyable um so i'm going to give this one an 8.5 i think it was nice. i think it, it there's yeah there were some problems again bad guy related and i think a lot of superhero films have the issue of not having really good bad guys yeah you fix that up and then you make really awesome films like that's the the motivation for good guys becomes much more clear when you have decent bad guys in it but yeah 8.5 yep. 100% um, well, 8.5 so 85% so it's not quite 100% <laughs> <laughs> 
Smitty. <laughs> uh, you know, j- j- just just because that was uh, already in my head, I'll just go next and just say, yeah, mine was the same, 8.5. Um, I decided going before this, um, that was the number that I wanted in my head. And then when you said it, I'm just like, yes, so let's let's just continue that 8.5 tra- tra- uh, train. You were trying to say uh, train yeah, and trajectory at the same time? Yeah, trajectory. <laughs> train trajectory. Because, uh, yeah, I think, hands down, fantastic. I'd watch it again in a heartbeat, um, which, to be perfectly honest, out of a lot of films recently, a lot of films I wouldn't watch again very quickly. I totally agree with you, Tom. This is one that I would actually sit down and watch again, all, like, this week. Um, I'll, I'll go to the cinemas and actually watch the damn thing. <laughs> like, um, yeah, because I think it's it's funny it's got good action in it like i would probably debate that this is the best thing that dc may have done in the last 10 years uh duty probably won't agree <laughs> but no, no, like uh, this is this is a very um, fucking strong film um i would say it's probably better than a lot of the marvel st- yeah as duty said earlier it's a lot of it's better than a lot of the marvel stuff that's come out recently um yeah 8.5 solid duty um, yeah, look, I'm right there with you guys. I'm, I'm teetering between an 8.5 and a 9. Uh, I'm not going to pick between the two, so I'll probably go 8.5 as well. Um, I absolutely love this film. I was laughing my ass off. I was uh, yeah, adoring King Shark, and I was loving the sort of the family heart film, not film, but the family heart moments between uh, Ratcatcher and the crew, but also just loving the competitiveness between Peacemaker and Bloodsport. And, like, so, like, watching the trailer I thought Bloodsport's fucking guns were weird but then I realised they all come from somewhere on his outfit and they all like click and flip yeah, together yeah it's cool so I thought it was like watching it in the trailer I'm like this is fucking stupid watching it in the in the fucking in the movie especially like he's he's basically Boba Fett he's got a flamethrower he's got a Boba grappling Fett. gun he's got, he's got heaps of shit on him and his helmet looks Where? sick yeah, um, I, yeah I th- the I helmet was a, I'm just gonna say the helmet was a little bit stupid it was a little bit too Star Lord helmet kind of thing like I, I get it but mm. it was just a little bit too James Gunn oh, yeah, how, how flips before. back sort of thing well yeah it goes down to like a little halo kind of thing that he sticks on the back of his head it was a little bit too Star Lordy for me it was a, yeah Star Lordy Iron Man sort of styling yeah yeah no just, um, just, just give him a fucking helmet or don't give him a helmet why is he wearing the helmet what the fuck is the point of the helmet well, it's the same thing with, with Deadshot though Deadshot wore a helmet then he wore so, like so glass p- goggles. so please the helmet don't make me remind you again about the helmet. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I dug this film. I'm hoping that this is the... the If you're looking at it in Stock's point of view, DC's gone down pretty bad, especially since Wonder Woman 84. Jesus. But I'm hoping that this is the movement in the right direction that goes like, all right, cool. Well, you know, it, whether it's executives, whoever it is sitting there going, this is what happens when we leave people alone. Like, people loved... Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League and that was his vision so he released it on his own dime or whatever it was this is what we should do in regards to leave people alone let them do their shit and let them release the stuff like that then it doesn't it's it, you A you get money because people are enjoying it B you get more money because people want to see the sequel and C if it's anyone's fault it's only their fault it's not yours for fucking around with it um, I thought this was great I want to see where what happens next apparently Warner Brothers are still sp- are speaking to James Gunn about uh, continuing this we've got rumours that Henry Cavill Superman is in both Black Adam and Flashpoint um, so I, I, I want to see a universe start to fold and meld together and if if James Gunn is the Kevin Feige or whatever that 
puts all of this shit together. That's going to be fucking great. Um, because we can see what he does with five people. We've now seen what he does with 30 people. Like, it's, it's fucking cool. Absolutely dug this film. Holy shit, I just found out yeah. something that's just amazing. I just have to interject here. Um, yeah. Pete, Pete Davidson's in this film. You know, whether or not you like him, that's you know, besides the point. I just found out his character, his actor's, uh, his character's name was Blackguard, like this, the super villain name or whatever you want to call. His human name was Richard Hertz, a.k.a. Dick Hertz. Just <laughs> great. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Fantastic. Do with that information what um, you will. Dick oh yeah, <laughs> that is so. That's, that's the, the perfect way to wrap up <laughs> this part of the review. Say, it's it's a, but, go see the film. Yeah, go, go see it. Um, just for, just for context of a little bit of backscoring, so people can understand the measuring stick. Mm-hmm. Um, so from my perspective, eight point fives that have been given in the past are Terminator Two, Judgment Day, The Joker, and Spider Man Far From Home. From a fuzzy perspective, you're looking at Fellowship of the Ring, Little Monsters, uh, I Am Legend, T2 Judgment Day. Um, from a duty perspective for an 8.5, you're looking at Little Monsters and, disturbingly enough, Captain Marvel. What? Whoa! Whoa, whoa, whoa! In this list, it says Captain Marvel is 8.5. That's the only other 8.5 you have. So what I'll do is... Wow. So you've got... <laughs> that, we need, so we need to wow. do a re- rescoring uh, nope. episode. So nope. We... All scores are final! <laughs> and, no, we've done it before. Uh, no, we have done it before. Uh, you also had TMNT at 8.5. Um, I, I am otherwise... blown away by, by Diddy's 8.5 for Captain Marvel. That is amazing. Can we drop that by a good solid three or four points? Not at the moment. It <laughs> so, stands. So let's, it stands let's, until we do a so, rescoring episode. <laughs> so let, let's say this is... Uh, so you've got... Let, let me give some... Because you've got more eights and nines. So okay. like you, have the jo- you have the Joker and Men in Tights at an eight. Uh, and you have Far From Home and Ant-Man at the Wasp at a nine. So I guess for you, it's somewhere in between those. If you still stick by those scores. I mean, well, well Cap- the Wasp a little bit. Catwoman. Uh, Cap- well, Cat <laughs> Captain Marvel <laughs> definitely throws a spanner into those works. It is. Yeah. It is. That is breathtaking. I, I'm, I'm shocked. You said Dick Hurts was yeah, a good I, way to I, end the episode. Being shocked at Captain Marvel's score from Dirty is another one. Wow. Yeah. 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 Um, I went back I and we rewatched Captain Marvel. And yeah, let's go back and fact check that and make sure that's not a typo. <laughs> 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 Although, that also being said, 8.5, 7.5, 8, and 7.5. So, Fuzzy, you weren't on for that episode, so you haven't actually got your score of Captain that's Marvel. That's all right. I um, refuse to score that one. Um <laughs> On the ground, just like, get, just like get him to the Greek. <laughs> oh, good lord! <laughs> but yeah, so considering the films that that is in the same um, ballpark in uh, as or what we've said here, I would heavily recommend seeing it. Um, thank you, everybody, for having our voices in your ear holes. We know you have a choice when listening to pop culture podcasts, and you clearly pick the one with nerd in the title. I have been your host, Tom, and thank you very much once again. You're welcome, Duty. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Fuzzy. Thank you, Duty. I've been Tom Saladas. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Duty. I've been Fuzzy Saladas. <laughs> thank you, Duty. Thank you, Duty. I've been Duty. Aww. <laughs> Love it.